Welcome to Cosmic You, the podcast where we explore the depths of spirituality, self-discovery, and the mysteries of the universe. I'm Holly. And I'm Bree. Through our journey, we've discovered that the universe is a reflection of our inner selves, and by exploring the cosmos, we can discover new insights which guide us to unlock our true potential. Each week, we'll be diving into a new topic related to spirituality, inviting guests along the way who are experts and thought leaders in their field to join us to share their unique insights and perspectives. Throughout conversations, we hope to inspire you to discover the sacred within yourself and the world around you. We are so excited to embark on this journey with you. Welcome to Cosmic You. Hello, Cosmic community, and welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic You podcast. We are super excited to be bringing you an incredible episode all around meditation today. Holly has been trained in yogic practices and particularly in meditation for a lot of years now and brings a lot of wisdom to this space. So I'm excited to interview her and really start to understand the core principles behind meditation how to drop in, how she got into this space. And then later on in the episode, we're going to dive into a few more um, different ways of meditating that you might like to utilize as you start your journey. Um, Sometimes dropping dropping into the yogic version of meditation can feel a little bit hard for people. So I think it's, it's good to know that there are a lot of ways to do this and we want to guide you through that. So Holly... Yogic meditation or meditation from a yogi's perspective, how does that look and how did you get into this? I feel like this is a huge topic (laughs) (laughs) and uh, where to begin because even, you know, in yoga there's many different paths that you can choose for meditation or many different uh, types of meditation you can do depending on which tradition you're studying within or yeah, so even within that, <laughs> there's so many paths. <laughs> so I can only obviously speak to, you know, the path that I'm trained in, the tradition that I practice within. Mm-hmm. Um, which, is? which is, so I practice within the tantric tradition. So tantra is, you know, basically the management and science of energy. And um I mean, even, and so I'm more trained in Hatha yoga as well. So there's specific meditations that sit within that tradition. But even just prefacing this with Hatha yoga is really considered to be a stepping stone to another path of yoga that's called Raja yoga, which, you know, I'm not stepped into that yet, which opens up a whole new (laughs) path of meditation as well. Um, So this world is as vast as we are as human beings and souls. So there's so much to this. So I can, yeah, only speak about my experience and my teaching, but it's not. There's so many other ways, so many other paths, and sometimes the path is just the stepping stone to the next one Mm -hmm. as well. So. (laughs) (laughs) With all that said. With all of that said and done, I think the most common way that people would um, potentially understand yoga from an outside perspective looking in is just, you know, the language that we have around yoga is yoga is the class that you go to and then meditation is something different. Mm. Whereas 
know they're the same thing and it's just that we tend to think of yoga if you say like, oh, I'm going to a yoga class, really most of the time what's happening is you're going to an asana class where you're just moving your body mm. and that's not yoga, that's an element of yoga. And something that people often say, you hear yogis say this all the time, you know, you can do asana every single day of your life and never do yoga or you can meditate every single day of your life, never do asana and you become a yogi. Mm. So yoga ultimately is meditation like that's what we're moving towards and would it be helpful to break down the eight limbs of yoga so people understand yeah a more holistic view yeah yeah totally and even in that again it'll depend on which path you're practicing not every path has all of the eight limbs but it is like a good kind of foundation And, you know, asana is just one of those limbs. And the reason that we want to do asana and move the body, which is kind of what we spoke about in the previous episode with energetics and how we spoke about the mind is going to do what your energy body does. Your body itself, when you move it, is a preparation to change the state of your energy body, which will change the state of your mind to prepare you for meditation. And I think something that you hear all the time is like, I just can't meditate. Like I'm too busy. My thoughts are wild. Like I just can't do it. And it's like, cool. But have you prepared your mind for the state of meditation? Because if you haven't, of course, like sitting down and grappling with your own thoughts is so annoying. (laughs) So annoying. (laughs) Um, And I think even just like breaking that idea down, like thoughts are part of your meditation. They're not, the nature of your mind is to think and to be moving all the time. And maybe one time we can break down the, you know, yogic view of the mind and just like set it aside in a different section because it helps you to realize, oh, my mind's supposed to move all the time. Even you just saying that I think will bring a lot of peace to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you can see someone, you know, a monk or anyone meditating, you're like, oh, fuck, that looks peaceful. Oh, I just swore with the... (laughs) meditation episode you're like oh that looks so peaceful I could never attain that kind of peace but you can't see what's going on internally for them Mm. you can't see all the techniques that they've had to apply to get their mind to turn inward so with the eight limbs I'm just kind of going to start from asana Um, asana like we said before in that previous episode is to start breaking down and opening up your energy body so you can get prana flowing through again because what happens to prana happens to your mind and most of the time our mind is flowing outside of us. So we have our five um, senses, so eyes, you know, seeing things, smelling things, tasting things, feeling things and hearing things and that's the whole external world, right? So when we're stimulated with our five senses – often they're kind of consuming us and controlling us. Like you smell pizza and you're like, got to have pizza now. And now your mind's on pizza. <laughs> you just want to go get that thing. <laughs> what? I had pizza for dinner last night. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Did you? Of course. Um, Blake accidentally brought chili sauce. So that was fun. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway, side this note. girl is on fire. This is energy, right? <laughs> like now we're thinking about pizza and so distracted. <laughs> I love it. Um, So like that's literally how your mind works. Like there's something that stimulates your 
one of your five senses and your mind will run to that thing. Mm. You hear noise outside of you. Your mind's running towards that sense object. So there's steps that you take in preparing yourself for meditation where you have to get your mind to run back home, like to turn in again. Mm. And so one of the practices of that is called pratyahara and that's sense withdrawal. So actually getting the senses to return home and there's like processes and techniques that you do for that to happen so that when you are getting to the stage of meditation, your senses are turned inward and the mind will turn inward as well. So you're no longer stimulated by the external world, distracting you from your meditation. It's you're actually turned inward now and the senses aren't running towards their objects. They're, they're returning home. So that's even a step, <laughs> which is why like, you know, if you sit down to meditate and you're in a room that's really loud, it's going to be way more distracting, right? Mm. But you can still do techniques to move that stuff inward, which is why uh, when I teach yoga, if you come to my classes, there's often not music playing because that's an external thing that will keep your mind outside of you. And like music can create such a beautiful experience, right? Mm. But it's keeping you, according to yoga, externally focused because there's this whole world happening outside of you. Mm. And we want to get closer to the world that's happening inside of us. So we need to come home first. So we have asana, moving the body, getting your energy body open again. So you can start to direct your prana, your energy. You do that through the way you breathe. You also do that depending on where you're focusing your mind. And so that's then when we have pranayama, breath work. The stage of that is starting to free up energy and like liberate energy, but it's also then preparing your mind too because remember what you do with prana, you'll do with your mind. So if you can direct prana to a particular point, you'll direct your mind directly into that point as well and then you meditate on that point. That's just one way of meditating, right? So you, after pranayama, you have pratyahara, like all of your senses are starting to draw in and then you start to build concentration because what you really need for meditation is concentration and awareness. Mm -hmm. You need to have the awareness that, oh, I'm no longer turned inward or I'm distracted in thought. I'm aware that that's happening. Now I need to come back to a single point. And for meditation to occur, you need to have unbroken concentration. And like, how good are we at that? It's you so and I hard. are really good at that. <laughs> Get distracted all the time. And this is why there's that step-by-step -step systematic <laughs> there's that step-by-step -step systematic process because yoga recognizes that we have this human body, we have this human mind. What are all the steps and tools we need to get that to be prepared for meditation? Mm. So I think we think of meditation as like I should be able to sit down and within a second I should be able to meditate. No, it's a whole process. And the whole, why aren't I good at this? Yeah. And like you can't be good at meditation. You can't be bad at it. It's just. just is. Yeah. And I think too like when you show up in meditation, like I even still have times where I'm like, oh this is annoying. My mind is so busy right now. Mm. It's taking, and like you might not drop completely or surrender completely, but 
often what happens is, you know, the success and power of your meditation is not determined by the experience that you have in the moment. Yes, it can be beautiful and amazing. Like, how's your life? Like, how's the rest of your day? That's where you should really determine the measure of success of your meditation practice is, you know, not how quiet was my mind in that moment or how surrendered was I or how much was I with, you know, divine source in that moment. But like, is my life starting to change? Because that's a true measure, right? And sometimes because you are in the relative world, you're going to come to meditation, your mind's going to be busier or you might have this huge thing that you're working through. And that's going to show up in your meditation practice. So like a lot of things, your meditation practice is a at first can be like a mirror to you. Like, okay, if your mind is showing up with this kind of busyness, is that something that you're addressing somewhere else in your life? Like what is your mind and your busyness trying to show you? And also sometimes there has to be that process of letting your thoughts be there. Whereas I think we get to meditation and we try and get rid of them. Mm. Your job in meditation is not to get rid of your thoughts. It's to become aware that the thoughts are there. And thinking and being aware of thought are two very different experiences. And so like all this, I think like meditation is a skill, like anything. It's a skill that we learn. And, you know, trying to learn to run is so hard mm. <laughs> like to learn to run five kilometers if you're not a runner it's hard to learn to meditate if it's not something you've done before is hard I have a friend as well who put it very well when when they said when you turn up to meditation with a goal or outcome in mind you're chasing something yeah right yeah and so how did you explain it like your your you mind s- is going Outside of you. Outside of you. Yeah. And, so and it's you're attachment. Not going to have that internal experience that you're yeah. craving. And so in yoga, the last limb in this structure, right, is samadhi. And samadhi, even itself, has like a few more stages to it. But essentially, it's that, you know, liberation where you are one with source. It's no longer like, Holly sitting here and meditating, aware of the thoughts that my mind is having. It's just you're totally absorbed. Mm. And for that to happen, we can't be attached. We need to be totally surrendered. That's really fucking hard. It's really hard. (laughs) And it can be, uh, you know, even moments of it, you're what it's asking you to do is surrender to your I self. Surrender to your identity as Holly. Like that is quite confronting (laughs) Mm. to like obliterate yourself essentially to be completely absorbed with source. Like so there's no longer you interfacing with source. It's just that's it. Mm. So I think this is why like, you know, from a yogic point of view, there's all of these techniques that we do. This is why we do asana. This is why we move prana to particular points in the body. This is why we do breath work. This is why yoga is something that's done not just while you're in a 60-minute yoga class but like it needs to be applied to your life because these things that yoga is leading towards are huge. And, you know, if we're so attached to something happening in our life and we get to sit down and meditate, our chances of being surrendered there if we're so attached to this thing outside of us is really hard because meditation is actually asking you to 
not be attached. Mm. Um, and that's where the preparation comes in, right? Totally, yeah. And also even just recognising like, oh, we're going to be attached to stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, where it's part of the human experience. Like we're so attached to even our physical body. Mm. And in meditation when you're absorbed, if you've meditated, you can feel sometimes you don't know where your body ends and the rest of the world begins anymore. Or like you might have your hand on your leg and then eventually you actually can't even feel that anymore. Mm. And like if we're so attached to the physical body, that will be quite terrifying, right? And then that will pull you out of meditation again. So I think it depends on how, like why are you meditating and what kind of, you know, are you meditating for that experience of being totally surrendered and in a state of bliss and one with everything, not necessarily everything. The whole, the idea of yoga meditating is you're not trying to get one with everything outside of you, but how do you reconnect your small self with source and have them now experienced as one? Not necessarily like me and you being like one with one another, <laughs> but like how do I reconnect my small self with my high self and then live that in the world? And that's where meditation becomes really powerful is when you can start to live that, you know, touch source but actually bring it back with you into the world. And that's very much a tantric perspective. And once you experience that once, I feel like a lot of what you're saying will start to make more sense. Totally. So if you haven't experienced that and this feels very foreign and hard to grasp, the more you start to practice this and come into this space the more these conversations that we're having will make sense to you because for sure it is something that you kind of have to experience to know. Yeah. Yeah. And to be like prepared to experience mm. too. And that's why I think so much of modern day yoga is so heavily focused on the physical stuff is because, you know, essentially first we do have to come in and work with that, right? But we don't want to get stuck in that you know, realm of just the material world. Um, we want to, yeah, eventually move yeah. beyond it. Yeah. And I think that's a really key point too of knowing, you know, some yogic paths will want to completely transcend the body. Like the body is bad, you need to drop it. And that can be why people potentially move into meditation. Mm. But from a tantric point of view, which is why I love it so much is everything is sacred nothing is bad nothing is good everything is sacred in nature mm. so we use the body as a way like as a gateway to the divine it's not a hindrance to the divine whereas some paths or beliefs of any kind of tradition right it's the body something to be overcome the mind something to be overcome but if we actually understand them as instruments and gateways to the divine the way you interact with them is completely different mm. so there's, yeah, not one way to meditate. There's not one path. There's so many. And you essentially have to find what techniques work for you and in particular what techniques work for you in terms of settling your mind. And even one more step is what works for you in settling your mind in this moment because that's going to keep changing like you were saying. Your yeah. practice looks different all the time. Yeah. So not don't get attached to one way of doing this either totally yeah and I think the nature of us is to evolve so like your meditation practice 
will evolve. Like I do meditations now that I did not do five years ago. Mm. And so I think just meeting yourself where you are in anything you do in life. Like if meditating for 20 minutes feels like there's no way that if I commit to meditating for 20 minutes, I'm going to sit down and do that, commit to two minutes. Mm. Like what feels achievable to you? And if it's two minutes, if it's one minute, if it's 10, do that because I think there's a lot of paths that say you have to meditate for this amount of time and people go like there's no way I can do that. Like, I'm, So you just don't do it at all. Mm. But I think at first if you can just commit to going what actually feels achievable to me because if you go I am going to sit down and meditate for two minutes, you start to build the energy of belief in yourself that you are a meditator. Mm. So you'll go and sit down for two minutes and you're building the practice of practice Mm. and that's important. So if like a certain amount of meditation feels hard, don't do that. Do the amount that feels really good for you. Yeah. And I heard once, um, Jimin, just like decide on the time yeah, and then just set a timer and just allow yourself to stay there until the timer goes off. Yeah. Because I think if you have a timer and you know that, this is going to come to an end, you can allow yourself to drop deeper and just to be present in that moment more, mm. knowing, do you mean, that you will be pulled out of this almost because yeah. it's like it can feel very intimidating and it's like you you naturally just want to check the time. How totally. Long like, and yeah. it just keeps pulling you out, 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 out. Yeah. So if you just say, okay, five minutes, great. I'm just going to set the timer and just sit here. Yeah. Just allow yourself to sit there and just to be with that for those few minutes, it's mm. only a few seconds of your life. Yeah. And in the moment where you feel like, oh, no, my mind is so busy, got to go do all this thing. Like see if you can just be aware that that's the tendency of your mind. Mm. And like this is where yoga gets like super fascinating because if you just get really curious about like what does my mind actually do? <laughs> mm. Like, oh, that's so fascinating that that's how often my mind's distracted. Or that's so fascinating that those are the thoughts that I keep having. Yeah. Like it just changes everything. And, you know, when you're, um, you know, doing asana, like moving your body and say you're bringing your body into a state of stillness and stability, how much your body wants to escape that stillness. And what's actually happening there is as you start to bring your body into stillness, your mind will naturally get like drawn towards that because you're changing your energy. So your mind will follow that. And your mind will go, oh, I don't, I don't know stillness. So I'll distract you and I'll make you move your body again. So like when you come into those moments in meditation, like for five minutes, just to like Bree said, put a timer on, I'm going to sit here for five minutes. Just notice even how much your body wants to move around and like fidget. And that's your mind trying to escape stillness via your body. I'm like, that's a really fascinating thing too. It's interesting what our minds do to try and keep us safe. Yes. Like your mind genuinely thinks it's trying to protect you and keep you safe. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which is very interesting to observe. For sure. And like when you can – and like that's why your environment and your preparation for meditation is so important because you've got to let – I often hear it – I think one of my teachers said this once is like, you know when you see your dog get into its bed and it like turns around (laughs) – and then like finally sits down. It's like that's what your mind does when you go to sit down and meditate is it'll move so much. Mm. 
And it's supposed to. That's your mind letting off steam. Whereas we think that's wrong. But no, it's supposed to happen. Mm. So I think regardless of what form of meditation you do, know that you'll be met with thought. (laughs) You'll be met with distraction. Your job is to become aware of that and pull your mind back and eventually it will settle. Like it will. And one thing that's really powerful is giving your mind an object to meditate on. Like that's very powerful. And this can be a mantra. It can be your breath. It can be, you know, a flame. You want to be mindful of what you are, what your object of meditation is because you will become more like that thing. Mm -hmm. If you're meditating on, you know, a rock, although it's grounded, you might become quite stagnant doing that because, you know, a rock doesn't move. It has very dense energy. It has, you know, a particular energy that could lead towards, you know, dullness and lethargy and tiredness. So you do be mindful of what you meditate on. And ideally you want to meditate on something that's sacred in nature so your mind starts to become more sacred in nature and will have more sacred thoughts and it will be more attuned to the divine. Mm. So a really beautiful one is there's a lovely meditation that you can do, you know, on your breath and your breath becomes the object or you can do it on a particular mantra and some traditions will have different mantras that are locked or unlocked. This is getting like a little bit deep into meditation, but this is like it's a whole world and... uh It's something that we all have capacity to experience. We just literally need to find the technique that works for us. We are quickly interrupting this episode to let you know about a 50-hour yoga training I have coming up called The Light of Tradition. The Light of Tradition is a yoga immersive for anyone who is curious about embracing yogic philosophy, techniques, and tools, applying them to your life, embodying them, and integrating them into your daily life. So if you want to learn more about yoga and dive deep into the heart of tradition and the heart of you, you can find out more by going to my website, Being Divinely You, and we'll drop the link in the show notes too. So thinking about that and knowing that you've been on this journey for a while, can you step back into what meditation looked like and how you started and some ways that people that are listening can start compared to where you are now and how how meditation looks for you now? Yeah. So I definitely started off in guided meditations, Mm. like having an audio guide you into something. And that's just helping you as well. You're going to start to listen to the guided meditation, which is going to help you get out of your head because you're following something else. And there's all different kinds of guided meditations. Like there's visualizations, there's body meditations. Like there's so many different uh, guided meditations out there. Uh, But that was definitely how I started. And it's... Also in that you don't ever have to transition to doing non-guided meditations either. Like if that's what you find really works for you, like stick with that. Don't change because you think you should change. Like do what works until it doesn't and then trust that the next thing will show up for you of what is needed. That's such good advice. Yeah. 
I think we all get feel a lot of external pressure to yeah. move on to the next thing. Yeah. And you got to meet yourself where you are. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> Completely. You have an idea in your head of what you should be doing or what should be achievable, so you try and meet that mm. and you're not letting yourself actually like just humble yourself a little bit, right? Mm. <laughs> um another great one that I did for a little while is the One Giant Mind app and that's not a guided meditation. It kind of is, but it's not. It's teaching you to meditate on mantra. So what's lovely is the mantra is sacred and it's an object that you keep repeating. Your mind will wander off the mantra. You'll return back to the mantra. So the One Giant Mind app, one like the number one, it's not spelt one. He also has a podcast too, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that might be a style of meditation that you really resonate with. And I think he goes over like 12 days in the app. So you follow those 12 days and in it, he's kind of teaching you about meditation and teaching you to oh, notice the sensations of your body or like notice how much your mind wanders or like notice this. So it's pretty cool. I really, I think that's a nice tool for beginners. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Let us know if you uh, try that one out. <laughs> um yeah, so guided meditations for sure are a nice place to start. Even Brie, what you were saying, like just putting your timer on and sitting with yourself. If that feels super confronting though, like definitely find a guided meditation. Uh, maybe we can put one in the show notes for you to listen to. Yeah. Uh, and just see how that feels, like if that's one that works for you. Yeah, there's so many different forms, like mindfulness technique meditation, like that's really beautiful. Yeah. I, I love think that. that's really helpful for people who are a bit more neurodivergent as well. Yeah. So there is, you're kind of doing, but mindfully. Yeah. Yeah. And just like it really teaches you to be with the moment because some forms of meditation are trying to move you towards a particular experience. Whereas like mindfulness techniques, like really you're not trying to get anywhere. Mm. You're just trying to be with things as they unfold and allowing the things to come up. Like for example, you might be sitting to meditate and you notice I'm getting really frustrated with my mind right now because <laughs> it won't stop thinking. And then you can be like, oh, what if I meditate on that, you know, experience of frustra frustration? Where is it in my body? What does it feel like? Mm. And like that becomes what you're focusing on and then eventually it will dissolve and then the next thing can pop up. So even just it takes the pressure off like let my experience just be what it is and I'm just going to witness that. Mm. So what are some what are some mindfulness meditation versions I guess? I mean, it's kind of endless. Yeah. But for an example, if I didn't yeah. know what mindfulness meditation meant, so how could that look? For, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, I'm sure there's other ones as well, but it's ultimately just sitting with whatever is arising in the moment. So like, for example, when you sit down and like your knee hurts because your knee's not used to sitting in that position, like, oh, I'm going to just mindfully be aware of the experience my knee is having right now. Because uh, I think there's, you know, mindfulness that we can practice in our life. Like when I'm cooking, can I be mindful? 
Mm. When I'm in the shower, can I be mindful of what I'm doing? Mm. So take like those kind of experiences and place it towards meditation as well. Like can I just be mindful of whatever's there Mm. without reacting to it or responding to it? And you'll find that you probably react to it and respond to it. And like again, that's meant to happen. You're not supposed to shut that experience off. Uh, I don't really know if that answers your question because mindfulness is quite, yeah, (laughs) it's quite like there's so many different and you can do guided mindfulness meditations too. So the meditation will guide you to focus on specific things or like draw specific things into your experience Uh, and then like mindfully just, you know, because mindfully the way that I take that to mean is I'm not trying to alter the situation I'm not trying to change it. I'm not trying to fix it. I'm not trying to heal it. I'm with it and aware of it and witnessing it mindfully. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think just to build off that is one thing that I learned when I went to my um, like yoga meditation retreat last year is we had a lot of people who really struggled just to sit Mm. in meditation or we weren't allowed to lay down, but you can lay down if that feels more comfortable. But um, one of the yoga teachers, she ran a mindful meditation session and she got us doing different activities but in a very inward way. So, for example, one of the things that we were doing was literally just walking around the room but we were completely inward. Like we weren't allowed to engage with anyone else. We just had to be completely in our body and we were just mindfully, very slowly walking and and feeling into how each step felt, where that energy was moving. And for someone who can't yet sit in meditation, that felt very good for a lot of people. Mm. So I guess I just wanted to highlight with that particular point is that like not to be hard on yourself if you can't just sit in meditation sure. straight away. And there are there are ways to build up and to move into it because sometimes it is a subconscious fear that's kind of blocking you. Mm. So this might be a nice way for you guys to move into this space. Yeah. yeah. Something that I've done before as well is like walking on a beach with your eyes closed. Yes, so good. And like trusting <laughs> and like how – like being curious again of like how often your mind wants to be like oh my god open your eye like where are you (laughs) yeah and like that's kind of just teaching you to let yourself walk without like your mind running the show all the time Mm. but then your mind will like try and pick up things and it's like a really beautiful thing to do even like meditating outside of your normal space like going to a park and sitting and meditating and same thing like trying to be there present in that moment with all these different things yeah going on and just trying to have faith that doing you're protected and and safe in this new environment for sure that's a really yeah yeah and I think like for a lot of us our own our own mind can feel like not safe at times because if you're experiencing anxiety or whatever it might be your mind won't feel safe right so Mm. you've got to create these environments that are safe externally so that your mind can recognize oh hang on a minute I am actually safe Mm. because your mind like you said before is just trying to find safety all the time it's trying to keep us alive (laughs) (laughs) so we need to do things enough to reinforce safety for our mind so it stops running wild Mm. and then it yeah can settle 
and being mindful of things that help that because you're being with the moment and your mind is no longer projecting forward or thinking backward Mm. and that'll like prime you for a meditative experience too. Yeah, that's good. Another thing that I'll talk about and I'll get you to pick up and run with, Mm. (laughs) you know a lot more than me, Um, again at this retreat and just in the East, just my experience of, of going to a yoga class in the East, we really set ourselves up for success in meditation and I think just building off what you've already said is, do you mean like every morning we would enter the yoga room and we would sit in silence and then we would start moving through our asanas and then we would drop into breath work and then we would sit in meditation. And it was preparing our body to sit. Mm. But I just wanted to highlight, I guess, a routine or, or the sequence of events that could help someone prepare for meditate for yeah meditation yep uh so definitely like move your body to begin with Mm. it can be it doesn't have to be asana just some kind of movement also be aware too that some movement is going to be quite stimulating to your mind so like that's a key thing too like some things will actually intensify your mind and make your mind think more or stimulate energy uh so there's that (laughs) Find things. What would be an example of that? Uh, like a high energetic dance or something? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, some yoga classes are going to be overstimulating too and your mind's not going to be prepped for meditation. I mean, that's everywhere yeah. in the yoga world these days, like really intense yoga asana classes, um, you know, where the music's blaring, the, you know, you're, like breathing so heavily and moving every single breath that you take, like all of that movement, if you're moving your body so much, your mind's going to move so much too. Mm. So you do eventually need to bring your body towards some kind of more steady, still state Mm -hmm. um, so that your mind already has had an experience of what it's like to be still. And as you pull the body a little bit more towards stillness or calmness, your mind's had the opportunity to be like, nope, I don't like that, see ya. (laughs) And then when you keep reinforcing like, no, like physically this is what we're doing, we're creating some calmness. Um, But yeah, any kind of movement, but just be aware. This is where you can start to really play with your energy is like, is this making me feel like I want to just like go and be in the world and be Mm. outside of myself? Because like that's really cool too, right? Mm -hmm. Like the kind of energy that you're bringing to a social setting or like even us now talking on a podcast is totally different to the type of energy we need to be primed for meditation. Mm. So I think movement, but just know yourself what stimulates you and what stimulates your mind compared to what actually starts to move your mind to a calmer state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, movement can be five minutes, can be 10 minutes, can be 20, can be 60 minutes. Like mm-hmm. you have to figure out what how much time you have in your day and then make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then doing some breath work. This is literally what you did in your yoga class. Like this is how yoga is, you know, meant to be. Uh, There's a reason it's been around for thousands and thousands of years because it works. Uh, Doing some breath work and then, yeah, moving towards your meditation. I think in a future episode too we'll 
we'll break down breath work for you. But yeah. that's a whole it's a whole a can whole. of worms. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, you know, yogic breath work, there's, you know, other forms of breath work that is, mm. you know, popping up these days as well, which I definitely can't speak to. So we might have someone on the podcast who can speak more to that mm. one day as well. Uh and even like just play around to like try and sit in meditation without doing any movement and without doing any breath work and just notice what happens yeah. and then do it with some movement and some breath work and notice what happens again. Mm. You'll find that it'll be a lot easier to drop into meditation when you've, yeah, primed yourself for it. And like even little things, like don't have a coffee before you try and meditate. Totally. Like <laughs> you can really help yourself here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that whole stimulation thing. Yeah. And you might find that you prefer to meditate in the morning. You might prefer it at night time. You might. It might just depend on what's going on for you. Like yeah. Sometimes for me, like it feels really nurturing to meditate right before bed. Yeah. But then other times like, yeah, like I need to do it in the morning. It just really depends on what's happening in my world at the time and what yeah. my what my body's asking for. Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. I just <laughs> wanted people to have a bit of an idea of how to set themselves up Yeah, in a kind of traditional sense. I yeah. Guess. And yet from that yeah, traditional sense and that yogic sense, like that's exactly why we do all of these things in yoga. Mm. It's not just like for shits and gigs. Yeah. It's like <laughs> all of these things are happening so that your mind is prepped for meditation because mm. that's the ultimate experience that we can have. And, like, I've had some pretty freaking cool experiences in meditation. Like, yeah. there – and, yeah, in it's so beautiful. and in breath work, like, yeah. your body is so powerful and is such a sacred gateway yes. to so much more than your mind can comprehend that we cannot even begin to explain to yeah. you. <laughs> we, no. One day we might be able to guide you through yeah. an experience but – to just talk to that. Yeah. It's just that known. Yeah. You can only know it by that lived experience. Mm. And you have the capacity to, you know, even in guided meditations, like you're doing a guided meditation, but you're the one that's following that guided meditation, moving yourself into that state. Like you have so much power within you. Completely. And even if there was a room of 10 of us doing the same guided meditation, all of our minds would take us on a completely different journey, the one that we need to go on anyway. Yeah. So just trust yourself to take you where you need to be in that moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like you're never doing this wrong. No, totally. And just by honouring yourself and giving yourself five minutes to breathe and to be in whatever sort of meditation or mindfulness activity you're doing is so powerful because that's an act of self-love. Mm. And that in itself is helping you to raise your vibration. And by raising your vibration, that's when you're able to start to create the life that you're dreaming of because the life you're dreaming of is always at a higher vibration than what you have now. Otherwise, you wouldn't be dreaming about it. Yeah. So this is just tools, another tool to help you get to that life that you're, you've been craving and desiring. Yeah, and like in yoga they say meditation helps you address the future. Like what are you trying to like pull into your world? Mm. Uh, 
And I think too, like, don't feel like you have to do all of this on your own. Like, I think we get very much like, I should be able to do this. Like, go find someone who can teach you this. Go find someone who can, because you are going to be met with so much challenge when you meditate. Like, and it's supposed to be that way. And you need someone who's gone through those obstacles as well, because there's so, like, we're we're all going to have obstacles to meditation. It's part of it. And not just meditation, just in life, <laughs> spirituality and yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes we need to be going through something on our own, but a lot of the time we need people around us to support us and guide us. Yeah, totally. We aren't meant to do life on our own. We are here and wired for connection. So yeah. embrace that. Like I'm like like Holly and I, we're, we're learning so much from each other. Yeah. And that's why I'm being really open and honest with you guys saying I don't know all this and Mm. that's why it's so beautiful because Holly's teaching me so much about doing yogic philosophy and and all And then even I have someone that I go to to ask all of it because like I – you're only going to get yourself to a point – you can only get so far on your own, right? Mm. And then you need someone who's been on the path that you're trying to go on but they're just ahead of you. That's – you know what a teacher is, someone who's just a little bit – or a lot further along than you on your path who can be like, I've been there, I'll show you, I'll teach you what you need to walk through that as well because I've been there. Mm -hmm. And that's so important to find someone who's been where you want to go Mm. because you will be faced with challenge, you will be faced with obstacles. And like you're worthy of having someone hold your, like, you know, support you through that. Yeah, You don't have to do it alone. And I think as well... Knowing and trusting that the right person will present themselves that you need. Just because your best friend resonated with this meditation teacher doesn't mean that you're going to be in alignment with that meditation no. teacher. The teacher will appear when you're ready. Yeah. And the right person will appear when you're ready. Yeah. And I think too, like, I've been doing this for a while and I have experiences that I'm like, oh. Why did that, like, I don't know what that means in my meditation. Like, why did that happen? And there was something that started to change in my meditation and I was like, and I, I, I needed my teacher to ask, like, I'm noticing this happening. What is, like, what do I, how do I overcome that? Like, I don't know how to overcome that obstacle. I haven't had it before. Mm. And then to have someone be like, oh, this is the tool and this is what it's showing you. And then to be like, okay, cool. So I'm working on that for the next however long. Mm. Uh, and, you know, even this year for me, I have felt incredibly resistant to my meditation practice, like so just like mm. <laughs> about it. And I realised the reason for that. And it's like at the moment everything that I'm going through, like I don't want structure in my life. And obviously meditation is a structure, right? Mm. It's something that you're putting in place. And so even me just realizing why am I getting so resistant to this thing? It's something I've done for so long. What's this resistant here, resistance here for? Expressing that to someone, a healer, a teacher, mm. and them saying, oh, this is why, this is what's happening in, you know, your life right now. And being so like, are you in your for you? I also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're resisting that. Yeah, four's all, is four all about structure and four's foundation? It's literally about resetting your foundations of self and life. Yeah, and Bringing totally. in structure and who you are, you're like, nope. Yeah, and so this thing that I'm going through <laughs> in my astrology at the moment is very much like you'll resist structure, but the thing that I need most, like the thing that's healing 
is that structure. <laughs> it's really funny, isn't so it? So like, I think like when you have challenges in your meditation, it's okay. And like having someone to voice those challenges too, because I think we come into this with like, I should be perfect at this. Like I should be so peaceful at this. Like why? But then you stop your growth from happening if you don't voice to yourself or to someone else like this is what I'm experiencing. You're saying like you're just meeting with so much resistance, speaking from where I am right now, (laughs) and you stop that growth, (laughs) right? Note to self. (laughs) Note to self. But yeah, like I – and. People say to me all the time, like, oh, meditation is so hard. I just don't want to go do it. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Like I have moments where I'm like, no, thanks. But you just, you need, this is what I was saying before, you need to build that energy of practice. So you there's something inside of you that just pulls yourself to go and sit down. And in that moment, you have to be bigger than yourself. You have to be bigger than your mind, than your excuses, than your distractions, because you're trying to build self-mastery. You're not trying to build just like a lovely moment. Mm. You're trying to build something that is beyond you know Mm. you're trying to interface with the divine (laughs) you need to master all of this stuff to do that and oh this year I've had so much resistance to it but at the same time my meditations have gotten so much deeper too (laughs) oh yeah because you pick up different techniques that are needed for you right now in this moment and it takes you deeper again Whereas if I was just like, la-di-da, so resistant, not going to sit down, going to avoid this forever because <laughs> it's hard, then I potentially would have never have had those experiences or realised like, okay, this is something that I need to learn now. And your meditation practice will show you your shadow. It'll show you where you're holding yourself back because you're letting everything come up to the surface. And you can only become aware of what you can become aware of. And if you're not taking time to sit in stillness to notice what your mind's doing, your mind will control your life. Mm. Yep. So, yeah, resistance, if you're feeling that to meditation, I get it. <laughs> I hear you. I see yeah. you. And yeah, I'm the same. I feel like there's no magic pill. You've just got it. There's no key. You've just got to sit down and do it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting when I, like last year after my, my journey, I feel like I was just so tuned in and really in a really good place with everything. And then because I came back and everything was just so unstable, I really lost that. Mm. So instead of falling into that as a tool, I really resisted that in a big way and it just felt so hard and just impossible. And so it's been quite a journey. Like I've, I've been really trying to mindfully come back into the practice, but it's definitely... Um, still inconsistent and yeah yeah I don't know I think every day you're just doing the best that you can in that moment totally and it's okay for it to be you know inconsistent um the gold is when you can build that you know even though because I think too like what your meditation practice shows you or reveals to you is like where in your life are you showing up that way like where in your life are you showing up inconsistently? Mm. Where in your life are you not let, are you not letting there be structure? Mm. You know, and that's what's really beautiful about a meditation practice is it's going to teach you so much about yourself and whatever's showing up in meditation for you, you'll realize it's somewhere in your life too. Mm. And whatever that resistance is, the distraction that keeps happening, 
you know, meditation is a tool for your life. It's not just a tool for connecting to source, although it is that as well. It's going to, yeah, it's so many benefits to it. But, yeah. So the key takeaway here, guys, is... Where are you showing up inconsistently (laughs) in your life, (laughs) Ree? That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Holly, where do you not have any structure in your life? You can see that in lots of places. (laughs) Oh, sorry. What's your key? The key takeaway here is just to start. Yeah. Mm. And don't expect it to be easy. The point of meditation is not to feel lovely all the time. Like it's just not. And I think we see it from the outside looking in. So blissful. It's so peaceful. That's not the point of it. And I think there's just we put so much pressure on ourselves for it to look a certain way and to be perfect that we think I can't do it perfectly right now so I'm just not going to do it. Totally. Like I think the lesson here is just just to do it, just to start, just, you know, even if it's two minutes like you said, let's just commit together. Let's just maybe we should run a meditation challenge soon. Yeah, that'll be fun. Just like help each other stay accountable for a month. Maybe on one of our cosmic catch-ups on a Thursday we could actually do a meditation together. Cute. That would be nice. That would be pre-coffee. Pre-coffee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Someone Pre-coffee. actually came to my yoga class the other day. They're like, whoa, I had a coffee before that. That was so much harder than normal. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and good, then you realise that. noticing. Yeah. Yeah. And see, like it just teaches you more about yourself. Completely. Yeah. I love meditation. Here for it. Massive game changer of life. And I think you hear that all the time when you're like, Really? Is it is it really that big of a deal? And then when you start doing it, you're like, oh, I get that it's a big deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, trust yeah. that whatever you're experiencing meditation, you're meant to and probably anyone else that's ever sat down to meditate is going through all that you're going through as well. I heard this um, teacher speak on this point actually and it, it brought a lot of peace to my being so I'll share it. They said, nothing that you experience is yours to experience alone. Mm. So everything that we're experiencing, someone else is experiencing it and probably in this moment with you as well. Mm. We might not know them but there is no thought, no emotion, nothing that is happening in our personal life that hasn't been lived before. Mm. And when I heard that I was just like, oh, thank God. Thank God, like I'm not alone. We're not alone in this. Yep. We're all in it with you. Yep. Yeah. And I think when our world is driven towards like that success and like don't let anyone else see, you know, if you're breaking or whatever, so you meet yourself with that same kind of like I just have to be successful. I have to be really mm. good at this. And if I'm not good at this, I'm failing. Like what does that mean about me? So, yeah, be like – Take all of the stuff off when you go sit down into meditation. Don't don't expect anything to happen. Because, like, I've had experiences that are super blissful in meditation and then the next time I go to sit down I'm like, right, I want to have that experience again. And it doesn't ever happen. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so, yeah, take the pressure off and know that if you are struggling with it, find someone that can support you through that struggle. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Now go and meditate. Now go meditate. And we we'll really put a, hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes to a meditation, so um, a guided meditation so you can start there. Love it. Happy meditating. Bye, guys. Bye.